Today on The Breakdown. A little while ago, I was playing a cash game, and I opened under the gun with Jack-10 suited. Got a few callers. The flop was ace-queen-x with one of my suit. I decided to bet. Only the small blind called. Uh, it was actually ace-ace-queen, now that I think about it. That is going to be relevant, I promise. Turn was another diamond, I, uh, so I had more outs. I bet again. The guy called. I rivered the flush. It was the four of diamonds, and the player checked, and I bet for value, and I got check-raised. And it was a horrible, horrible feeling. And I remember thinking, this guy is not going to be bluffing me here. I looked at him, I talked to him, and I made a fold. He did river a full house. And it felt good to get away from it, although it felt horrible to bet fold. Well, guess what, people? I'm not just telling you that story for shits and giggles. I'm telling you that story because it's relevant to the hand we're going to do today. Because Colm Higgins is going to be in a hell of a spot. A hell of a spot. At the Battle of Malta final table with hundreds of thousands of euro on the line against the most experienced player at the table, the guy most capable of bluffing, Steven Zadelhoff. It's a really tough spot because he's going to make his flush, but he's, he's going to be in trouble, perhaps. We're going to talk about it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. I don't think we have any more time. <laughs> I think that's the time. Time's up. I kept trying to spoil it and then unspoil it. You notice that he's going to be in trouble. Maybe. All I know is that you just kept talking. <laughs> just kept on going. I decided to tell a story this time. Open with a story. I never do that. You feel like there's not enough Jonathan I content? Think, I think it's the first time I've ever opened with a personal story. I'm going to do that more. I'm going to be like, so I was going to see maybe, maybe wait for some feedback before you do, do it more. Eh. I feel good about this. I feel like I have a feel for where the audience is with this one. All right, audience. I connect with the audience. Feel on free this. to weigh in. I know you yeah. want to weigh in, Carl, with a K. Carl with a K has got a lot to say. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good rhyme. Yeah, Carl with a K has got a lot to say. Yeah, he's bitter though. He lost to me in a fantasy football bet. That still's got to sting a little bit, eh, Carl? Anyway, let's get into things, shall we? Nah. Okay. <laughs> let's not. Let's talk about the world. Hey, let's have a quick discussion about the World Series of Poker. Is it going to happen? I don't know. Me either. Yeah, nobody knows. There's a lot of speculation that it might not. And uh, all I would say is if you, if, money, if, you're, if you don't have a fair amount of money, maybe wait to book your stuff a little bit later than you normally would. Yeah, That's by the way, say. if you wait a little bit, it might get real cheap. Exactly. That yeah. too. Of course, if it gets real cheap, it may not be worth going because there'll be a reason why it's really right, cheap. right. But you could. Yeah. There are some middles out there where yeah. like people are afraid to fly, but it's actually totally fine. Yes. and like it, you, it's way cheap because nobody wants to go. That's probably the most likely middle. Yeah, actually, um, uh, most likely outcome of all of it. But yeah. we'll see. But um, hotels, Airbnb will also be everything cheap. might be cheaper yeah. than normal. Uh, but you probably have to wait, like book like a month before instead of three or four months before, kind of yeah. a thing. Um, I'm definitely gonna. Wait. At, oh yeah, at we're in waiting. We're we're in waiting yeah. see mode here. Um, over at Poker Guys headquarters, you know, flying everyone in from all over the world to sit very close to each other for days and days and days and touch touch things and pass those same things that we're touching around to each other. Also, those people do not wash their hands when they after when they leave the bathroom. No, I've seen. Of course, I've everybody who's it. ever been to a poker club. So and disturbing. I'm calling you out, audience, because you know you're part of the poker playing yeah. population. What the hell? Like so many poker player playing men. At least, yes. Don't wash their hands after they pee. Here's here's my question: What is proper etiquette here? Because the amount of times I'm like washing my hands and I see a guy go from urinal to exit, yeah, it's a disturbing amount. It's a lot. And I want to say something, and I'm always like, first of all, it's not going to matter if I say it. The guy isn't going to come back and wash their hands, right? Second of all, 
maybe now I've made an enemy. I don't know. Like, so I don't say anything, but should I say something? I mean, it's bad. It's yeah. a bad situation. What do you think? What are we supposed to do? I don't think you're supposed to say anything because yeah. it's so common and like, I don't think anything good comes out of you it. You are all disgusting. Yeah. I actually like, we recently <laughs> went and played a tournament series, uh, now mired in controversy yeah. for a different reason. But, um, there's four urinals in the men's stall for this tournament series. And I went to the bathroom on break and there were four guys in the urinal and they all finished at about the same time. And literally all of them just walked past me out the door. I mean, not a single one of them washed his hands. What the fuck? We people. can do better. We can do better as poker playing men. And this isn't just because the coronavirus may kill us all. No, okay. Like it's, I don't want piss on my chips. Yeah. Like this is like, you touch your chips and the cards, the cards get passed around to everyone. The chips get passed around to everyone. You touch your face. We touch our face. You know, the average human touches their face something like twice a minute, their entire lives. It's like an insane amount of times. Like you got your, you got your nose holes. You got your ear holes. You got we your know, eye holes. You yeah, got your mouth holes. Plenty of holes. <laughs> a lot of holes. Like stuff gets in there, man. This is how we all get sick and die. Get it together, people. Now, right. I don't think this is a similar controversy, but I know yeah. there's like a, a huge debate about like, whether or not it's okay to lean your chair back on the airplane. And there's like very yeah. strong opinions on both sides. Yeah. I feel pretty strongly about that. What's your opinion? I think you absolutely can. I think it's fine. I actually rarely do it, but I think I have no problem with someone doing it. The, the chair is made to go back. If we weren't, if we weren't supposed to do it, they wouldn't make the chairs that way. That's how I, I, I agree with that. But also in practice, I typically don't do it. Right, unless I feel bad unless I'm in like an exit row and there's a lot of space or something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I usually I, feel like it's not worth it's kind of mean. I also am a little annoyed when the person in front of me does it. I don't like it either. But but I always feel like but it is their right. Ultimately. Yes, I, I agree with that. Um so I'm wondering if like there's a good reason for not washing your hands after you pee. Is there like there's is no there a big contingent possible. of guys who is gonna like be like, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> I can I can not wash my hands after I pee because X, X, and X. There I can't imagine a reason. Even when I think like I might miss a hand, I wash my hands hundred percent of the time because it's just a normal sanitary thing. These are good life practices. Man. I agree. Okay, so I I did go to college with a guy who I'm not in contact with anymore who didn't wash his hands after he peed, and he defended himself. Yeah. And his reasoning, which I think is not terrible, is that he doesn't touch it. Like, there's no touching. He just puts the pants down, lets gravity do the work, does a little shake, back in, uses the elbow to, to flush the urinal. There's no touching of the hand. So I mean, that's, that's pretty, actually pretty reasonable. That's pretty good. Almost everyone touches it. And guess what? If you went to, if you, if you went number two. Oh God, I'm pretty sure people are washing after that, but I'm sure really? I've seen, I actually have seen people walk out of there and not Yeah, watch. of course not. We can do better as poker players. We can do all. better as human beings. Yeah, but uh, you see it a, a lot more frequently when you're playing poker. Yes. And maybe it's because there's a rushed nature to the break where everybody feels like they have to get back. Whatever, man. But it's I, not. I see it all the time where it's not busy and there's no rush. Yeah. All the time. You guys suck. <laughs> I'm not saying our audience. I'm just saying you people out there who are like this. Yeah. That's all. All right. But, you know, the not touching argument, it's not bad. No, that is actually pretty compelling. And it's yeah. like, I guess that's fine, right? Yeah. That's pretty eh, It seems okay. Yeah. All right. There's probably a reason why that's not okay. Actually, too, I think there is a reason. Just, yeah, go ahead. Have I, you ever worn flip-flops at a urinal? No. Well, you, you never want to because you can feel, feel a little flex. And I'm imagining that's happening to your hands a exactly. little bit. Yeah, too. I was, I was going to do some version of proximity yeah. issues. Yeah. 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 Anyway, this is a great conversation to start the it podcast with. Is. We feel strongly about it. This is better than English Muffin versus Croissant, which somehow has infiltrated all the book reviews on Amazon now. Well, Everyone's going to got to well, make a croissant joke. It, no, no, that's better because we're on opposite sides of that one, and it's more fun because yeah. of that. We're clearly on the same side of this one. 
Well, you know what? It's, it's more compelling radio to uh, to debate. So, so I guess you're going to take... I guess I'm on the don't wipe your hands no matter what side. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Even if you're out of toilet paper, whatever you got to do. All right. All right. Anyway, let's, uh, let's talk about poker. Let's do it. And not the breaks of poker tournaments, but the actual poker. So this hand is the Battle of Malta, which is a smaller buy-in than most tournaments that we talk about. It's a 500 euro buy-in, but it's a big event. First place is 250,000 euro. So... A lot of players in this thing. Yeah. Um, Steven Zadelhoff, who's one of our players, has a lot of success. Steven Zadelhoff probably would have something pretty intense to say to you right now, though. And it would be like, who suggested the damn hand, you son of a beeswax? It was Podge. It was. Podge. That's all I got to say about that. Podge suggested... I have more to say. Yeah. Podge suggested <laughs> on Twitter. Podge included a YouTube link. Podge included a timestamp. Podge uh, crushed it. Podge. Podge good. <laughs> Podge forever. <laughs> Podge forever. So yeah, Steven Zadelhoff has won the W Coop main event, which yep. is a big deal. Tough field. Two two million. No, one point six million. He won yeah, for that. He's also got two million in live tournament earnings. Yep. So this guy's a pro. He's legit. Yeah, he's the most experienced player at the table, according to the Battle of Malta website, which I believe. Sure. Uh, and the table is four handed right now. Uh, so you know we're, we're nearing the end here, and yeah. everybody's got chips. The smallest stack is thirty eight blinds. Steven Zadelhoff is tied for chip lead with Colum Higgins. They both have 32 million, which ends up being about 52, 53 big blinds because it's 300K, 600K big blind. Sure. Zadelhoff is under the gun, which is the cutoff. Uh huh. So late position. Going to open two red threes to 1.5 million, which is 2.5x. Got no, no problem with this so far. Nope, I'm good. So when we do the solver stuff, which we're going to talk about later, we always have to create ranges for the players. Oh my God, yeah. And, uh, this is hard. This, this one was tough. It, we're creating the range for Colum Higgins, who flats the small blind with 7-5 of clubs at 50 blinds effective. So it's tough to come up with a, a small blind flatting range for 50 blinds effective if you know the guy's flatting 7-5 of clubs. Like, yeah. how frequently is he doing that? Is he 3-betting sometimes? Is he folding sometimes? So we did our best. Uh, here's what we came up with. Some version of he's flatting the small pocket pair 60% of the time, meaning 7s and lower. Eight's forty percent, nine's thirty-five percent, ten's a quarter of the time, and then once you get jacks plus, it's only ten percent of the time is he calling, and the rest of the time he's uh, raising. We don't think he's raising any of these things a hundred percent because sometimes he's going to want to play for deception, sometimes he's going to want to induce a squeeze and things like that, even yeah. with his best hands. So like ace king, we gave him ten percent. Ace queen, we gave him twenty percent. We gave him every suited ace. But not a high percentage of them. Ultimately, we figured the the baby aces are meaning ace nine and worse suited are. Uh, 30% of the time here, yeah. and the rest of the time it's not going to exist because you can do a three better fold. We didn't give many ace nine off and lower. Right. We figured that's either a three better or a fold. Ace jacks, though, are uh, ace jack suit and ace ten suit are 50%. The offsuit versions of those are 35%. We think is a little more likely to three bet those. And then just the other big Broadway cards, we gave them some version between 50 and 20%, depending on what they are and if they're suited. Um, we also gave him a bunch of suited connectors because he has seven five suited. So yeah. we just felt like we had to. We gave him 50% on all the suited connectors, five four suited and up. And one gapper, six four suited and up. We also included Jack eight suited and Queen nine suited. And there you go. Yeah, that's the range. That's what we did. And we're not going to talk about Zadelhoff's range because it's a, we it's just a used a pretty open. standard cutoff yeah. opening range, which is pretty easy to figure out. But so this is part of the thing with solvers, though, is like if you don't get the ranges right 
everything else gets triggered up, and we are making it up based on one hand this guy played once. Right. So that is important. But what we can do, and this is what we always, I guess, end up doing, right, is we're just doing our best in a vacuum to analyze this hand, and we have to make a bunch of assumptions no matter what anyway. Right. So here we are. This is why even when you have solvers, which are, are completely math-based, there's always subjective assumptions behind things, and you can never be 100% accurate with any poker prediction. Or any math of any kind ever. Yeah. Like four plus four, you say eight, but I say, what are your, what are the beliefs you bring to that? Right. Like what if, what if I have four plus four off in the cutoff? Exactly. Like, am I going to open that? Am I going to open that all the time? Not every time. Not if, not if there's a 10 blind stack. What if someone has a gun to your head and they say, if you open, I shoot you. Yeah. Now you fold. Then it's nine. Then four plus four is nine. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. We went somewhere weird with that. It's true. Yeah. That was very strange. We do that. Anyway. Pot's going to be 4.2 million after column flats out of the small blind. Cool. Notably, the big blind folds ace eight off, which is like... I don't understand. And he's got like 40 blinds, so... I don't get that at all. That seems terrible. Yeah. It's a blind and a half to call you closing know, the action. Normally, we're doing 100Ks and 25Ks. This is a 550 euro buy-in. And yeah, maybe, maybe that's, that's part of it. Maybe this guy does know it. Maybe the money's... Re- I, I assume the money's really getting to him because it feels like that's the worst of the three options. Maybe he just fold. plays his under-the-gun opening range no matter what. <laughs> I mean, three betting has got to be better than folding, and calling has got to be better than folding, right? Yeah. A call just seems like the most obvious thing, but a three bet is fine. Yeah. Yeah, this, is, this seems pretty bad. Yeah, it's terrible, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So. What is not terrible is our book. It is not. It's, it's called, actually quite good. And the reviews back it up. We have something like 31 reviews. Yeah. We've got on Amazon all five-star reviews except for one asshole. One guy who really didn't like it. Actually, he didn't not like it that much. You just said it wasn't worth as much as we were charging. That's true. And he should have given us two or three stars based on his review. But, but he, he still gave us one. But I because think... we live in a binary society and the star system is completely broken, this is what we're left with. Well, he said he thought our, our other reviews were so good, he thought they were faked. Yeah. He thought we, like, bought them. Or so He actually says that, which is kind of crazy. Um, if we bought reviews, we would have bought a lot more than 30 reviews, yeah. let me tell you. Okay? And they wouldn't have all these freaking freaking inside jokes English muffin croissant cobra hospice sale jokes they would be normal reviews like this book changed my life why doesn't anyone say that Grant that's a good question let's talk about what the book actually contains great idea maybe instead of just talking about the reviews okay (laughs) it is 30 it's not 30 it's 20 no how many hands are in this book 37 37. there we go 37 tournament hands that we break down uh, through a text conversation between me and Jonathan it has our classic poker guys banter of course it has our classic poker guys analysis but yep. the analysis is the best we have to offer because we spent a year writing this puppy so yep. each point that each of us makes has been really thought about really poured over multiple times unlike this podcast where we're just kind of winging it you know which i think there's valuable analysis in the podcast of course but, but the still. book the book is like we really thought about it in a very deep way yeah um we, we start with the least complex hands, ending on the most complex hands. If you get the, the most complex hand on the first time without having any questions, good for you, because I don't, and I helped write it. It's complicated. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but the, the least complex one is, is not very complex, but there's still something to be learned, and that's true of all of the chapters, which is why we end each chapter with key takeaways. Indeed. So you can have fun reading the chapters and then take away something tangible with you to the poker table next time you play. It's a fun read. You're going to learn. You're going to love it. It's being taught to the gifted high school students of Kentucky. It actually really is. Yeah. That sounds like a joke, but it's real. Yeah. It's real. It's, it's, it is a going to be a uh, the main textbook in a math course. Yeah, a game, game theory. A game theory course. Game theory course for gifted high school juniors. So suck it, everyone else. Math textbooks. Yeah. 
Hey, here's a here's our Amazon review of the week from right. Emmett Jordan from the United Kingdom. He says, a beautiful book from beautiful men. I like this guy. Wow. I'm a long-term listener and fan of the Duos podcast, so was excited about their new book. Certainly think a poker book that you'll actually read is a great description. It's very cleverly written in the sense that it isn't too dense, is broken up into bite-sized chapters, and introduces some more complex concepts slowly by building up to them. Plus, it's genuinely interesting to read about the hands, so even without thinking too much, you can kind of learn almost by osmosis. Would recommend this for pretty much anyone with an interest in poker. Pure beginners to more seasoned players. Five stars. Keep it up, men. Hope you write another one soon. That is a damn fine review. That's the dream review. That is the ultimate review. That is what Well done. Why can't the rest of you be more like this guy? (laughs) United Kingdom's pulling ahead. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Um, Yeah, I feel very strongly. If you like this show... You will love this book. This book is like better than the show. All right. Back to the hand. Okay. Let's get back to the show. That's not as good as the book. No, the show is terrible. <laughs> Let's get back to the book. But you should listen anyway. Yeah. All right. So 4.2 million in the pot. The hands are two red threes for Stevens Adelhoff, the opener. And Colm Higgins in the small blind is flatted with 7.5 of clubs. Uh, we're not anywhere near like all in situation here because we both right. started with 50 blinds. Deep. Yep. The flop is four of clubs, queen of clubs, queen of hearts. Hey. So flush draw for column and underpaired to the board, although it's a relatively dry board for Zadelhoff. Right. I guess you could donk if you're column, but that feels like a bad idea. It seems like an unusual play on a queen, queen, four board to donk. It's not the end of the world, but it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. We probably have a range advantage, honestly, from our flatting range over the... Now, I guess if we know we've got the suited connectors in there, maybe we don't. But like a, what I would assume a normal flatting range would be is probably Just stronger than the queens make up opening. a higher percentage of our range? Also, the pocket pairs. We probably have a lot more pocket pairs. Like, um, Zadelhoff has a lot of, like, bad aces and stuff like that, but we don't have almost any okay, of those. Okay, you, you said that in a confusing way. Okay. Because we don't have a lot more pocket pairs. They just make up a higher percentage of our range because our Correct. range is narrower. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. which is a different thing. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess you could say that, but Zadelhoff does have all of the really strong queens, and he's probably got, like, queen eight suited. Yeah, he's got more queens, yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. And, of course, he's got aces and kings way more often than yeah. we do and stuff like I that. I think checking is just the normal thing. To oh, do. yeah. It would be weird not to check. That's what Column does. I'm down. So my, my initial hit is that Steven Zadelhoff did not mess up, and he bets $1.3 million. Yeah. It seems like the right thing to do, just equity protection. It's not for value. It's just equity protection, basically. We're going to get him so many folds off this, right? When we think about what's calling us in the small blind, okay, there's a lot of pocket pairs, fair enough. We're going to get not called by fold. that. Yeah, but like King Jack suited, Ace-10 suited. I guess Ace-10 suited could decide to call, but it's going to be in a weird spots. And it well, may just I mean, we're away. ahead of that hand, too, by the way. Oh, as it turns out, we are. Although, yeah, we, yeah so there's your equity protection. But just thinking about um, range versus range, even, Ace-10 suited may fold, which would be happy for it yeah. to fold, right? Um, we can fold out a lot of hands that we want to fold out. And if we know this guy's got all these suited connectors, we are thrilled to bet because, I mean, just look at the kind of stuff we're going to be able to fold. And from a balance perspective, we're just betting this board as, as the aggressor most of the time. Yeah, I mean, this, this misses our opponent a lot. Like we said, we've got more queens. This feels pretty straightforward. All of that said, the solver hates it, which is strange. The solver really wants Steven to check. and wants him to check 99% of the time. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I will say, looking at the expected value, though, the expected value of checking and betting are almost the same. Right. So the solver hates it more from a balance point of view, not from a value point of view. So the solver essentially is saying, you have too many bets here. Right. And two red threes is just a hand with enough showdown value, and and you can't get value from any other hand, really. So you're supposed to check that hand. Yeah. But it's so vulnerable. It's really vulnerable. Um, we've, We've certainly been taught... That this is a bet. Like all, I think most of the elite players bet this almost all the time right now. Anyway, yeah, 
uh, as a way to do equity protection and things like that. The problem, of course, is there's a lot of hands that are good that you're going to check. Um, so maybe there's maybe that's part of the balance issues and why the sovereign wants to check more. What do you mean, like queens full? Um, no, like uh, tens. Tens ah. can be a check. Jacks can be a check. Maybe you bet those. But like some people are going to check aces and kings here too on the queen, queen, four board where you're like, how do I get value? It's like hard to get value. Um, they might bet, but they're going to yeah. check those sometimes too. So maybe we just have a lot more checks in us on this kind of a board. Maybe that's what the solver's thinking. But we have, we have plenty of queens though. I know. No, I mean, I think this is a pretty clear bet. Maybe, By the I way... maybe the solver just wants us to bet basically queens and flush draws. Um, maybe. I could look. I mean, it's not hard to find And maybe, maybe offsuit aces with the ace of clubs, hands like that. Let's take a look. Let's get into it a little bit here on this flop. All right, let's, let's head to the library and check out a book about this flop. Okay, so what the solver wants us to do is bet all our queens in all ways that we have them. It actually does want us to bet our aces and kings most of the time and things like that. Um, most of our aces, like ace nine, let's say ace 10 off, for example. If we have the ace of clubs, well, it wants us to check that too. It wants us to check us all. Most of our misses, it wants us to check, it looks like. Um, as soon as the pocket pairs get low, meaning like like jacks are bet 60, 68% of the time, nines are bet 47% of the time, sevens only 15% of the time, and the number just keeps going down. That's that's counterintuitive to me yep. from a practical perspective. I agree. Because like, there's so much more to protect against with the, with the smaller hands. And I suppose you can get value. Like I could see the argument for betting fives and better versus threes and deuces because you can get value from a four. Like That makes sense to me. But I don't see why there's a huge difference between jacks and nines. I mean, you know, just that there's a few a few more equity issues, right, with nines. Like tens yeah. of jacks can come that aren't a problem when you have jacks. That's the only obvious answer. Yeah, so it seems counterintuitive to me. Um, again, I think this goes back to balance probably more than yeah. EV. Um, it does have a lot of bluffs, I'm noticing. Like jack eight suited. 89% of the time is a bet. You know, 10-8 suited, 54% of the time is a bet. These are just complete whiffs most of the time. Once in a while, it's a flush draw. But mostly, it's like, just fire away with all your suited connectors that you missed with. And I guess maybe that's part of its problem. And maybe threes just isn't strong enough, it feels like, to bet. And you're just going to... You have to take your short on value with some hands, so threes yeah. are the one that... I guess. I guess. Anyway, I'm surprised as well. Either way, Zadelhoff agrees with the humans. Yes. And decides to bet 1.3 million. I like the sizing. 1.3 into 4.2. Sure, sure. It's fine. So should column raise or should column call? Column call. Well, the good news is it's really cheap to call. That's that's number one, right? That is nice, but it's also nice to win the pot right now with seven high. No doubt about it. And uh, I mean, like, I know the solver has a lot more checks than we would, but we see Zadelhoff is betting threes. Right. Is, this is a board he's going to bet a lot. This yes. is a hand where if we get called, we have plenty of equity against the majority of his range. It's incredibly tough for him to uh, to call anyway. And when he calls, like you're saying, we still have good equity. Yeah. We still have reasonable equity. We've got ways out against almost everything. Right. So based on all that, I like it. Uh, there is, of course, the problem once in a while of getting blown off the hand. But that's really rare in these situations. I mean, if we get three bet, then it's probably like nice information that we get to fold. Like how often does Zadelhoff have like a random three bet bluff? No, it isn't that, but he could three-bet ace-jack, which is a hand we could end up beating and getting huge value again. Or excuse me, ace-queen. We could get huge value down the road from it, so we get blown off the hand. That's the problem. But how often in practice I mean, ace-queen actually three-bet anyway? might not even three-bet. They yeah. almost never do, right? Yeah. They call and then raise the turn. Right. 
if they even raise the term. Yeah. You know, sometimes they want to wait because they don't want to lose their customer, right? And that's a tiny portion of his range. Exactly. No, I think I like a raise here. I think I'm coming around like, let's just raise and not worry about it. By the way, it isn't like our hand is amazing. Like, right. we only have the seven high flush draw. No, I mean, I could see an argument more for calling with, like, the A7 of clubs. Oh, sure. Because we have showdown value. We could, we could actually call the river without improving sometimes. And right. But we have the seven high. Also, like, like if we hit a seven or a five, we, that may not put us in the lead. But if we have, like, the ace, ten of clubs, yeah. a ten or an ace is much more likely to give us the right. lead. So it's more of a reason to call. Also, we have, like you're saying, we have got legit showdown value with those hands. All that to say, yeah, I think I like a raise better, too, now that we're sort of getting into it. But I can't fault someone for calling two blinds you know, either. I think it's okay to call. No, I agree. But I, but I think a raise is probably going to do better for you over time. He does call. Yeah. So what types of hands are you putting him on when he calls? Um, a lot of medium pocket pairs when he calls pre and then calls again. Like, I wouldn't put him on very many clubs, honestly. There's some, but mostly I'm putting him on, like, two sevens. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that makes the most sense. It's just hard because, like, a lot of those are going to be three bets pre-flop, too. Yep. But he doesn't have too many singular fours in his range. He shouldn't, at least. It's really hard to come up with a four. Any yeah. four he can have. He can have some queens that are slow playing. Fair enough. Yeah. That's okay. And uh, that's it, right? It's kind of queens and medium pocket pairs and, I guess, club draws. It's kind of, I guess, some big aces. Like, they can't be too big because he didn't three bet. But some big aces, too, right? Yeah. Like... If he has, if he flatted Ace King, we're saying we gave him ten percent of the time. He's flatting Ace King. Yeah, he's going to call gonna this call for sure. Yeah, and probably Ace Jack. He's going to call once for yeah. two blinds, right? Probably even Ace Ten. Maybe Ace Ten, right? So, so he can have those things. But from Zadelhoff's point of view, that's okay. We yeah, don't love it, but that's fine. Yeah. Once again, the solver is way out of line with what we want to do. It wants him to call ninety nine point eight percent of the right. time, uh, and it thinks that the expected value is actually significant. It's worth half a blind more than raising. Which and is, at this point, the pot's still pretty small. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, spoiler, the pot's going to get bigger. But uh, right now, that half a blind is actually meaningful. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, no, no, no. So we, we are dummies. falling on the other side of, of, in practice, what we would do versus what the solver wants right. us to do on this flop for both right. players. Well, the thing is, if one of the reasons why we want to raise is because we know the Zetelhoff player is often going to bet. Right. right. So they sort of go hand in hand. Yeah. That's important, right? If we thought Zadelhoff was checking, if we in practice were checking pocket threes and we thought most players were checking threes here, we would want to call a lot more when he actually bets because he's much more, he's got stronger hands there. Most right? players are betting pocket threes, though. Yeah. I think, I think all the good players are betting pocket threes right now. Maybe not all of them because some of them are trying to play solver perfect. Right. But I think a huge percentage of them are betting pocket threes. Because in practice, you just don't get raised on this board very much. No. Like, let's say Higgins And if has, you get raised, it's an easy fold. Who cares? Like, what are we even really getting raised by? Like, besides pocket fours and ace-queen, let's, if Higgins flatted with queen-ten suited, is it really a great idea to check-raise? I'm not I, convinced I don't it think is. So, I you, wouldn't want you, to. You can't fold to a three-bet if you check-raise right. that hand, and you're in trouble against the range that's going to three-bet. Every time you're beat, you're basically out of the tournament. And 50 blinds is way too much to get in with that hand Exactly, on that but you can't fold it because yeah. it's too good. So you have to play it as a check call anyway. So our check raising, maybe this is the problem. Our check yeah. raising range is actually, for value, is really thin. Maybe that's why it doesn't want him to check it, Maybe raise. that's the, it just doesn't have, maybe yeah. just, there's just a few club combos you can do. Okay, you know what? That makes sense. That does but make we don't, sense. But we don't have to be balanced in most cases. Right, right. But if we're trying to be balanced at all against a really good, if Ike Haxton I'm playing against, I may not be able to check raise him that much in this yeah. spot. Maybe I have to call more. Okay, cool. I'm glad we worked that out a little bit. Okay. Shall we continue? I suppose we shall. Fly on, sir. <laughs> so Colm decides to call. He's playing solver perfect so far. Nice job. Congratulations, buddy. Because we gave him you know, the, the this range. range. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, man. 
Um, you know what is something you should congratulate yourself about? Um, yes. What stupid thing are you going to say? <laughs> well, now I don't feel so good about congratulating myself. What is it? About it. Well, I read about birdhouses the other day and sort of constructing them, but not exactly. It was more a video than reading. And a guy, okay, he didn't really make a birdhouse, but there was a birdhouse there. And he like, well, he didn't paint it, but he added some like stickers on it. And it feels like it was a, it's a whole project, like a DIY project. So I give myself a lot of credit for that. Yeah, that was pretty stupid. <laughs> You're so mean. But what's not stupid is Nitrogen Sports. Ah, the ad, and yes. And you should congratulate yourself. If you use the link that we tweet out and that we have in the description of this podcast when you sign up for Nitrogen Sports. Yeah. Because you get access to our tournament, man. Hmm. We just had it last Sunday. We're going to have it again at the end of February or March. March. Last Sunday, March. Yeah. Also, the last Sunday, the whatever month comes after March, December, something like that. It doesn't matter. One of those months. We're not going to all, we're all going to be dead. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, all of those, (laughs) we may be dead, but the tournament will be in the lobby. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you can uh, get access to that tournament, which is a 0.1 millibit buy-in with a 100 millibit guarantee, meaning the guarantee is a thousand times the buy-in. So that's a good deal considering yeah. that we only ever really get a hundred players. And if everybody's dead, we're getting zero players. So think of how much money you can make then. If recently you've been going to play in that tournament, you're like, where the hell is the tournament? We know it sort of has been gone for a little bit, but it's back. It's back for real. We had a little glitch. Yep. But it's all handled. We had a uh, little back and forth with nitrogen, a very friendly one. Don't get me wrong. And they're like, okay, tournament's back on. So uh, it's, it'll be there for you waiting with all that free monies. With open arms. Yeah. Like Journey. Yes. Like Journey. Wheel in the Sky and all that stuff. So I would like to congratulate myself on that. As well as the bird feeder video. Both. <laughs> all right. Anyway, use the link in the description when you sign up for Nitrogen. Also, they have sports betting and casino games. So. Just in case you like those things. Obviously, most people do. Yeah. I mean, gamble it up, you... Freaking rubes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, moving on. There's 6.7 million in the pot. We have two red threes for Steven Zadelhoff, the aggressor. Yeah. On the queen, queen, four, two club board. We have seven, five of clubs for Colum Higgins. The turn is the five of spades, vaulting Colum Higgins into the lead with a pair of fives. Yeah. Okay. Should Colum consider leading? No. I think that's a terrible idea. It seems really dumb. Like, we're going to fold out things that we're ahead of and never fold out anything we're behind, too, right? Like, Pocket eights is never folding, right? Yeah, they don't love it, but they're not going to fold. Right. They're like, I call. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. We have to check. Like, having a flush draw with showdown value is such a comfortable spot to be in. You could be like, well, I could make a really big hand or I could yeah. hero later. You like, know? we want to check and let our friend bluff, right? That's the play. He's not our friend. We hate Steven <laughs> Zadelhoff. You do. No, Colin Higgins does. You and Colin Higgins. You said we. Yeah, me and Colm. Yeah. We have a Facebook group. It's private. You can't join. I don't want to be in it. It's called We Hate Steven Zadelhoff. I'm in a bird feeder Facebook group, and you're not allowed into that. It's, it's public. I've seen it. But it's a bird feeder video watching sticker. Yeah. Group. I've chosen not to join it. Yeah, okay. Have you been invited? I don't have to be. It's open because nobody... Have, it's, it's, just, be, it's just you. You can still be invited, and I haven't <laughs> invited you yet. Would you like to come, though? No. Just say you will, and I'll invite you. No, I don't want to go. Just say it. No. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not going to invite you then. This is like when they, um, they're trying to pick a potential Supreme Court justices, and they say, if you're asked, would you say yes? And they do that before they actually officially ask, which is you know kind of dumb. Yeah. 
This is what this is like. That's how, that's how <laughs> wedding should be. You're like, if I were to ask you if you wanted to marry this guy, would you say yes? I mean, that is sort of what you know, a proposal is, right? Like you're saying, yeah. will you marry me? They say yes, but then you don't actually get married right away. You get married like a year later. It's like if I ask you to marry me at that ceremony that you're going to show up to all dressed up and everyone's going to show up to, yeah. will you say yes? Because if you're going to say no, maybe we shouldn't do it. That well, sometimes it happens that way. Rarely. Yeah. More so in the movies than in real life. You are one of the few people I know that's happened to multiple times. And yeah, that is weird. Yeah, I've had uh, six failed marriages. Oh, no, come on! No one's had left six. at the altar six times. That's not okay. Now he's now he's trying to downplay it or make because with humor. Just tell him the truth. Okay. I was married to Vladimir Putin, <laughs> and he yeah he had, he had to bury it because <laughs> of you know politics. Yeah, and so he didn't show up. Okay, that's what happened. It felt like six. Yeah, because it hurt so much. Of course it did. Of course, I've got some really some choice video about <laughs> when the moment you realized he wasn't coming. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in real life, I did not get left at the altar. I have a wife. Way life to, is wonderful. Way to make clear that up for everyone. Good job. I just don't. My wife listens to this podcast <laughs> sometimes. Oh, so she's going to be shocked to find out you Putin left you. <laughs> so she sometimes doesn't like the marriage jokes so yeah. much. You know. Anyway, turns of five is spades. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, right. All right, so Colin Higgins <laughs> has made a pair of fives on the turn. And uh he checks. We get we get why he checks. Yeah, of course. He has to check. Yeah. Uh even though he takes the lead. Do you think Zadelhoff should keep going here? I am not at all opposed to continuing, but the more I think about it, I think I like a check better. I don't okay. think it's terrible to bet because we're trying to charge draws. We can once in a while fold out a slightly better hand, perhaps. Like pocket sixes, pocket sevens, probably are going to call again, but aren't going to like it at all. Yeah. Um, I think I could check, though, because usually we're either we're, we're behind to all those pocket pairs. If a club doesn't come, we can bluff catch. If a club comes, we can fold, basically. Yeah. It seems like a better, easier, cleaner play with pot control. The other move is to bet right now and check back basically all non-three rivers. Right. right? We would be betting to fold out ace highs, and yeah. we probably can fold out pocket sevens and eights and hands That like would that. be the goal. If we yeah. can't fold out those smaller pocket pairs, we probably shouldn't bet. But the idea is, yeah, sixes, sevens, maybe eights will fold if we bet again, perhaps. It's a weird story now. Now we're basically saying we have a queen when we bet again, right? Like when Mostly. aces really bet a second time right now, not that, not big. And they might bet small, but they wouldn't bet big, right? Yeah. So I don't know how big we're going to bet anyway. But so I think I like a check because, you know, we're only 50 blinds deep to start this hand. Like right. why not pot control? Um, use our position really well here. It's the only way we get value out of this. More chips out of this is if the guy bluffs on the river, right? Yeah. I agree with all those points. Cool. Once again, the solver and us are at odds. Oh, yeah. Wants him to bet 99% of the time. Wow. Wants him to bet small. Interesting. However, it's a negligible expected value difference between checking. Good. So, so, so when we, so far when we've disagreed with the solver, except on the check raise bit, yeah. I guess, it's been sort of like, do it the other way, but only for balance. EV is the same. Yeah. So that's something. Anyway, Zadelhoff agrees with us. Yeah. He's going to check. Good job, Zadelhoff. I, I like it. Me too. Me too. It's going to be tough for him to win this one. It is going to be tough. We're going to have to... We don't actually have to bluff catch with all of all non-club rivers either because that's too many, right? Yeah. We can bluff catch sometimes, basically. Yeah. We, maybe like 30% of the time or something. Yeah. Maybe we try to get a read on the guy. I don't know. Yep. And of course, there are going to be some non-club rivers that beat us anyway. They're going to pair the board and stuff like that. Yeah. We have an easy fold. Right. And that's fine. And it's not like we've put in too many chips. Yeah. By the way, if the five pairs and our friend checks, we bet as a bluff. Right? Not friends. <laughs> I said friends with quotes around it. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't. I mean, I didn't actually do anything. I'm just. 
You're supposed to hear it. Ah, okay. You can't see it. You can't see words. <laughs> I think I've seen <laughs> words many times. Really? Yeah. You've seen these words? It's called reading. Reading? <laughs> well said. Thank you. It's called reading. <laughs> I like how you pronounce that. Okay. Anyway, what were we saying? It's all I don't know. Something uh, <laughs> incomprehensible. <laughs> <laughs> like you Somehow said. this is the first podcast of the day, and we're just we're way off the rails this entire show. It's been great. I mean, I feel like the whole first podcast, second podcast of the day thing, as a microcosmic example of the poker guy's trajectory in general. Like when the poker guys first started trying to be hyper professional, and like as we go, it's just like worse and worse. Yeah, I mean, it's like five and a half years. Yeah. of course it's going to get ridiculous. You know, there's a lot of inside jokes between us and the audience. The audience at this point, I, I hope, has a reasonable expectation that 30% of the time we're going to end up in some really weird place that we think is funny, and hopefully they do too. Yeah. They're at least amused by it, I hope. You know, that's it. That's the deal. You don't like it, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Fast forward 10 seconds or 30 seconds, and it'll, we'll be back to, okay, let, the turn is the five of hearts, you know, and it'll be fine. It was the five of spades. Anyway. Anyway. Heading to the river, we've gone check, check on the turn. The yeah. board is queen of clubs, queen of hearts, four of clubs, five of spades. We've got two red threes for Steven Zadelhoff and five, seven of clubs in the small blind for Colm Higgins. Right. The river is the card. Now let's give the audience a chance. What do you think the card is? Think about it. Think about it. Okay. It's the three of clubs. There's only one card. It could yeah. Be. It's, it's just the three of clubs. Yeah. So obviously this is a huge cooler card. Column makes a flush. Yeah. I'll beat a seven high flush on a paired board. Feels a little unfair. And Zadelhoff makes threes full. It's a super sick one outer to, uh, to lose a lot of chips. Yeah. Exactly. So Column is happy for now. Sure. Should he bet? I mean, he probably should bet, but it's, not a, it's hard to get value in this spot, quite frankly. When you, you think Zadelhoff has too many folds? Yeah, like we check called the flop on the queen, queen, four, check, check, and then we bet when the club comes on the river. What are we supposed to have? We're turning sixes into a bluff. Why would we? You know, it's hard to come up with very many hands that aren't strong value here. Yeah. So that's problematic. But at the same point, if we check, I expect we're getting a lot of checkbacks from the good player. You know, like he's, yeah. I guess he can have some non showdownable hands that he takes a shot with, you know, to try and fold out two eights. But that's it. That's all there is. So I, th- I think I like a bet better. I don't think there's a huge amount of value in it, but we might as well take a shot. You know? Like, the guy never has trip queens, right? He would have bet the turn. Almost mostly, always. Mostly. Yeah, o- almost always. He almost never has a strong enough hand to call. I guess he can have aces or kings and have checked it back, or jacks or tens. Yeah, yeah, he could have those. Those are the things we can try and get value from, but that's, like, kind of it, right? Yeah, we're not going to check raise if we check, though, right? No, I mean, I don't think... I mean, I guess we can look at sizing and decide to, but it's just going to be really hard to get value. What are we supposed to get called by? Yeah, I think it's all it's all hard to get value with, so I think we just bet and hope he has some showdownable hand and decides to call with. I agree. I mean, part of this is also being aware of our, our image a little bit. If we're seen as super tight, a ch- I think actually a check is probably better if we're seen as super tight because um, then maybe our opponent, uh, Zadelhoff, could try and bluff us off something, you know? But if we're, if we're just a normal player, which I assume we are, we're a cash game pro. He's not too loose. He's 5-7 of clubs right. in the small blind. Yeah, yeah. They're too tight, excuse me. Sort of, sort of playing this actually like a cash game pro to call yeah. that hand in the small blind, really. Um, I think we should just bet and hope to get, hope aces decide to call, basically. Yeah. Or jacks or whatever. Okay, yeah. how do we want to size our bet if we're betting? How much is in there? 6.7 million. Okay, so the problem is trying to get him to hero is, is going to be hard, right? Because the we have such a feels like such an incredibly strong range advantage right now. If we bet, I would rather just bet big. 
Yeah. I think that the decision that he's going to have with the short animal hands is going to be closer to binary than would make a difference. I don't know if I agree this time. Normally, I agree with you when you say this, but I feel like if he's got jacks and we bet big, when we called pre... Sorry, we, we called on the flop and then bet big on this river... How did I mean? It's hard for Jacks to call. Well, here's the game theory reason to Go. do this, because you're talking about our range advantage and the hands that we would bet, which are right. mostly flushes and queens. Right. Those are big hands. Yes. So betting big makes sense. That's a that is a great point. That's yeah. a very fair point. The problem I'm just worried about. That's one side. The other side is what we're targeting, right? We're targeting yeah. these one pair of hands that are weak against this board, and I worry about that they're. I don't like. I'm worried about aces finding a fold, let I, alone jacks. I think you're approaching this the wrong way because okay. the the problem is not the sizing; it's the range being so strong and hard, right. it's hard to figure out the bluffs. Right, right. So I think that the same logic will apply whether or not it's big sizing. Um, from you Zeta could Hoff's be right, and that's why you think it's binary, yeah. right? You could be right about that because certainly you're right about the range is super strong. Period. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I just feel like. If Zadelhoff is mathy enough, maybe we can price him in with a smaller with a smaller bet that we're just going to lose him on a bigger But he's bet. not like no great player is pure mathy, right? Like within that math is game theory and understanding of tendencies and stuff like that. And that would mean that the big sizing is an indicator of something, right? And that may be an indicator of something similar to a small sizing, you know? And right. So it's not necessarily pure math in that way. I guess what I would what would be important then if we're going to bet big is we need to have some bluffs here too when we do this. And then maybe that's turning like pocket eights into a bluff. Yeah, Something maybe. Like that. We're like, let's try and fold out jacks sometimes. If I don't think jacks can call this big bet very often, let's try and fold out those one pair of hands that it feels like sometimes I'm ahead with pocket eights, but it's almost like a just in case bluff. Sometimes you really value the hell out of yourself when he calls with yeah. kings. But, um, but it, you know, he might fold kings too. I think, I think it's a really tough spot with any of these one pair of hands. Yeah. Like if you have aces, this is rough. If you have the ace of clubs, I guess you talk yourself into calling. Maybe, but you're like, doesn't he just have trip queens then? Like, this is bad. I, I like I like betting bigger just I, I, for all the reasons I've said. Uh-huh. I, think, I think I do. That's fair. I also, another thing that we're going to see in practice here um, in a second, betting bigger makes our life a little bit easier because it becomes a pretty easy bet fold if we bet bigger, like right. 75% of the pot or something versus betting smaller. Right, Because sure. we don't feel like we induce something, you know? Right, because of course, as we know, we're talking about this as if Zayd will have his one pair, but he doesn't anyway. Yeah. Now he's got a full house. Right. So... Column does bet. He's going to bet small, though. He's going to bet 2.3 million into 6.7 million. Yeah, he's targeting those one pair of hands. That's right. That's what he's doing. And the solver does want him to bet, of course, but yeah. it wants him. We gave him the opportunity to bet bigger, like 75% of pot or 80%, something like that. Yeah. And it, it prefers the bigger sizing. It wants him to bet the big sizing 83% of the time, which is a significant amount of the time. Absolutely. Um, it thinks EV wise, it's worth like a blind more to bet bigger, which is not nothing. You know, that's, that's pretty good. Um, I don't think that's true. I think the, oh, EV, no? the EVs are almost exactly the same. Oh, you're right. I misread that. I'm sorry. The EVs are the same, the small and the big. Okay, that's actually cool. Yeah. It sort of goes to like, maybe it's not as important ultimately, but okay. Maybe not. I, I like a bigger bet though. I understand. Anyway, he does bet 2.3 million. And now we're going to see in practice how life can be harder when you bet smaller because you're like, oh, did this guy with the weird rat tail haircut and the aggressive attitude just see my sizing and decide to pounce on it when he raised? Because that's what Zadelhoff does. Of course, he has threes full. Right. This is like a raise fold spot with threes full, but you have to raise. I mean, there aren't too many things we're losing to in practice. But if right? you get three bet, you're folding, right? I think we have to. Yeah. Unless, unless, I mean, it depends what we know about the player, but against truly, against good players, you have to fold, right? Yeah. Against bad players. I mean, I've made this call against bad players a number of times, actually with the nut flesh in this spot. 
where I've raised the, raised the river, they re-raise, and I've called, and I'm, thus far, I'm perfect. Like, I've never lost that hand, but I always go through minutes of, of pain before I finally make the call because it seems like I'm screwed. Uh, but they never have it. But a good player knows that they can't re-raise for a less value, you know. All right. With, so he, with a worse hand, I should say. Here's a spot where Jonathan and I disagree with Steven Zadelhoff, though. Great. Because he is going to raise, but we don't like his sizing so much. He makes it $6.3 million over the $2.3 million. Mm-hmm. Now, let's think about the range we're talking about with column, yes. right? It's a super strong range. This is what we're talking about. Why right? It's hard to give value as column. Yeah. But we know that range is so strong. We know it includes a lot of queens and a lot of flushes. Why aren't we raising bigger? Yeah. We're, we're letting him off the hook here. We're, we're raising to a smaller amount than the initial pot size before column even bet. Well, he's trying to get called by flushes, right? Because he can't get called by full houses and win. Right. So, so that's what he's targeting. And let me ask you, you're in column seat. You just bet this amount, having made your clubs, and you get raised to $10 million. Which is the other option we gave. It. Right. We gave it, yeah. Um, what do you do? Well, here's the thing. I think I fold for both sizes. Yeah, me too. But that's with the seven high flush. Yeah. It might be different with other flushes. Sure. And it might be different with certain queens. I don't know, depending on... I guess, you do block some full houses. I mean, it's unlikely full houses for him to have. Yeah, based queen on, seven and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. doesn't seem likely. Um, I guess queen three, not queen seven. Queen five, queen three, queen four. That's it. Either way, I like the, the bigger sizing because we're raising into a strong range. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a strong range. I agree with you. Probably it doesn't matter because we probably get about the same percentage of folds either way once we raise. Like it's sort of all the same in yeah. practice. Probably like if you're calling with the king I flush, you're calling with the king I flush, right? And if you're not, you're not. Right. Or, they, or they're not flush. I think this is only really tough with those hands though. I think as soon as we get outside of that, it's probably an easy fold most of the time. Think about how bad the story is that Zadelhoff is telling. Um, and he's an accomplished, good pro against another pro. He's not going to just tell a bad story out of nowhere, usually. I would not guess. usually. Like, um, I was watching on YouTube Inside the Mind of a Pro, which is Davidi Katai playing the World Series of Poker, 6 max 5K buy-in. And he just basically talks through a, a number of hands as they're happening, like two hours worth. It's really good, by the way. I encourage you guys to check it out. And w- at one point, he's talking about how he's going to call some guy with, you know, some, like an ace high hand or something like that, or king high. And at one point, he says, this hand doesn't really make any sense, but this guy's an amateur. When, when the hands don't make any sense, and it's a pro, I fold. When it's an amateur, I call. You know, and that, that seems right, you know? Yeah. So in this case, Zadelhoff's story is poor, but it's like, it's, I mean, I guess you could say this is just a ridiculous story I call. That's a reason to call. But... I- I guess. But ultimately, it's like, doesn't he have to have it? How could he? We have such a strong range. How could he raise here? Doesn't that's, he have that's to? That's the big point. By the way, the solver obviously wants Zadelhoff to raise, but it prefers the bigger raise to $10 million yeah. and thinks it's worth a blind more than the raise that Zadelhoff made. Sure. So that's significant. Yeah. Um, all right. So now we're in the spot that is the reason this is a breakdown hand. Right. How do we approach this as Colin Higgins with a seven high flush against this bad story? And I think the first point is what you just brought up. We have an extremely strong range unless we're a psycho. Right. Right? Like, Zadelhoff knows that. And Zadelhoff smart. knows that. And he's raising anyway. Right. That's not good. That's real bad. All right. So distribution. Let's go to distribution now. I guess we'll have some queens. Yes. Right? We can bet queens here. So we'll have like queen 10 suited. Yeah. Plus. Maybe queen 9 suited. But yeah. yes. And then this is about as bad as our flushes get. Yep. And then we'll have a bunch of full houses. We'll have a few full houses anyway. Like, yeah, we'll have 5-5. Five, five, We'll have... 3-3. Three, three. We can have 3-3. Three, three. Um, we don't have queen 4, obviously. We can have 4-4. Four, four. That's it. Those are our full houses. Yeah. But okay, so a few full houses. 
Um, we have a lot of bigger flushes. We have a lot. We have a lot of nut flushes. Yeah. Right. That's the thing. Like the nut flush is an easy call. Yeah. Like we just have to call with the nut flush. I feel yeah. like it sucks and we have to call. Um, but as soon as we get, we have some King high flushes and I guess we have some, we have a bunch of other ones that are suited connectors, but this is, as you're saying, about as bad as it gets. This is near the bottom of our range. Ultimately, right? We beat all the Queens. The Queens are maybe better to call with because they block. Well, they don't, they block no, full houses, but, but they just really. block quad Queens. So Not in practice. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't really matter. You're right. Um, the Queens are worse to call with. Yeah. Because of that. They don't really block full houses the way we would meaningfully want them to. You're right. Um, still, I feel like this is a pretty straightforward fold against a good player in this as this as the hand has played itself out. Yeah, I mean, it's it could simply just be as easy as we have a strong range. He raced anyway. He's a good player. His story doesn't make sense. That means something fishy's going on here. He, I mean, the only real concern would be if he has the naked ace of clubs and he raises. Right, that's the one thing we can't beat. Yeah, but that's, that's the pro that we can beat. Excuse me, that's that's the problem. And if he's good enough, he can have that. But usually, this is not the type of board that people will attack with that hand. The paired board where the, the right pair is much really right card. where we can where we can still have those full houses. Yeah. We can have four four five five and yeah. three three for sure. Yeah, right. And he's never folding those hands. Right. Out. He would. It's know a lot that. better when you block the nuts versus just the nut flush. Right. Agreed. Although this is like a, you're up against this. Well, it's small blind, actually. It's cutoff versus small blind. It's not button versus pack, yeah. actually. Yeah. So they're tighter ranges. Yeah. Especially the small blinds range. Yeah. Small blind actually has something for sure. Small blind almost always has a pretty good hand, as we're saying. So it's a weird time to attack. Anyway, I think another point here is that seven high flush beats zero value. Right. Zadolf is not raising ace queen. We only beat bluffs for sure. When the yeah. club comes and we bet. I, I can't imagine ever, and ever. And it's tough to think of bluffs. Value. The bluffs have to be some weird random ace of clubs. I don't know what else they Maybe can like do. ace four with the ace of clubs. Could so he be you... turning a bad queen into a bluff? He's got queen nine. He's like, I literally lose, to, or queen eight suited. I've literally lose to your entire range here that for value, so I, so I bluff with it. But again, who cares about the full house blockers? It's yeah. a fake full house blocker. Yeah. But, and to be clear, when we say that, if the board was queen, queen, jack, a queen has value, because now we're blocking queen, jack. Yeah, yeah, of course. If we have a jack, it, it's a full house blocker. But having a queen on a queen, queen, four, five, three board is, doesn't block full house. I think I know what the good bluffs are on this board. Good. Ace of clubs, three, four, and five. So you block the bottom, bottom boats, and you also block the nut flush. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's the best bluff. Yep. I agree. Because you don't have enough showdown value to call with right. those hands, right? Right. Um, yeah. That sounds right. We would never raise six seven as no. about for value in this spot. No. Never in a minute. We call and hate it. Yeah. Hope he has a queen, basically. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I think this is a fold. Me too. I think this is one of those. I understand people are worried about getting exploited, so they call in this spot, but unless you have a reason, you should probably fold in this spot. Well, the solver really thinks you're getting exploited if you fold. Right. It really wants Colin to call. It thinks 98.5% of the time, it thinks it's worth 3.6 million chips to call. Yes. The, sol- the solver's like, fuck you. You're completely wrong. Yeah. Now, of course, the solver's only playing against itself in a perfect mathematical world. Yeah. But I can say that every time it disagrees with me and, and you know, never learn anything either. So you have to be a little careful with that argument. Nonetheless, in practice, I'm, I'm mostly folding here. Yeah. I think in practice, this is a correct fold. Yeah. Um, it's not correct. He, he calls. So. Oh, jeez. I didn't even know. I assumed he called, actually, but I never, I never saw the end of the hand. He does call. Yeah. He's a cash game player. Of course he calls. Yeah, he has Cash to game call. players always call in these yeah. spots. He yeah. calls and loses. And did he make the face? Did we get the face? Uh, I didn't see if he made the I'm face. I'm sure he made the face. 
Let's see if we got Because it's such an it's the worst card in the deck. It's pretty unlucky that that card came. You're like any other club, I'm just gonna check call and win. I can't find the face. It doesn't matter. He made the face. Just trust me. There's the face. Yeah. So what do we do with this information though? So the solver strongly thinks this is a call. Yes. Thinks it's worth a lot of chips, EV wise. In this tournament setting, based on the ranges we assign these guys. Yeah. Right? Now, again, it's assuming everyone's playing perfectly and there's going to be balance. But it still thinks this, this is way too high up to fold and way too good to fold. So, practically, what do we, how do we use this information? Or do we just throw it out because we're like, it's not useful in reality? I think it's useful. Like it, Vogel's saying you have to call, I guess. Yeah, right? yeah. It's useful in that way. But Jake I think. Schindler. I think even though we're using the solver here, it highlights how important it is to player profile and understand your opponents yeah. and understand what level they're on, at least to the best of your ability, and make decisions based on those assumptions. Because mm-hmm. it feels very clear to both Jonathan and I that this is a fold. Yeah. And we see in practice that it should have been a fold based on the hand that Zadelhoff ends up showing up with. Right. I'm not expecting that if Zadelhoff had two eights, he's going to make this play. You know, like maybe I'm wrong. But, right. But it feels, it feels that way based on all of our collective wealth of experience of playing poker against different types of players, that that just happens to be the case. Like, and in, in practice, the expected value of, of calling is going to be negative. It's going to mm-hmm. be negative EV play and folding of course is worth zero. Right. And that, that's, that's our subjective assumption, which is not playing against a, a completely perfect unexploitable bot, but playing against players who are playing in these ways where they're always trying to preserve their stacks and understand their opponents, and all of these things. Mm-hmm. So I think ultimately the solver is a tool that is useful and can help you discern what are good lines in certain situations and how you should balance. But it's cautionary also to, to understand that like there is no exploit involved in the way the solver plays at all. Of course. And your opponents are almost always playing exploitatively whether or not they mean to be. Well, and, at, least, at least we can exploit them. Yeah. We can say it that way. They're not really playing exploitatively. They're just playing... They're exploit, well, they might be they're playing exploitable. Ex- they might be playing exploitatively in a, a way that's a failure to them. Like, a, a player might say, I show 50 blinds preflop with jacks exploitatively because I don't want to get called. I mean, obviously, no one who would do that would ever use the word exploitatively, but I'm with you. He might use it and not really know what he's talking about. <laughs> okay, but fair enough. You know fair what enough. I'm saying? I do. Anyway, I think that's the takeaway. That's fair. I mean, this is why I started the whole thing with that story of me with Jack Ten of Diamonds or yeah. whatever, because it felt like kind of relevant. And I think in that cash game spot, um, it's a pretty straightforward bet fold against most of the players mm-hmm. who are going to be in who you're going to be playing against, right? Yeah. Um, and actually, it's kind of the same here. Like ultimately, the, the thought process is pretty similar, right? Unless this guy's capable of having lots of crazy bluffs, you're always beat, and that's that, mm-hmm. right? And you can. Dance around all you want and say, I don't want to get exploited, but you're just exploiting yourself.